Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, Ty, we're recording. Hey, welcome to episode 65 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. So close to 69. So close to 69. Four Ty's got a weeks. new headset. I'm sure you could hear the quality. I, we apologize if there's any confusion over the last week where you couldn't find our episodes. They were down from Apple and Spotify for a bit. The hosting platform we work with moved from one provider to another. And with that came some issues that we got sorted out now. So they're all there. And with that, we'll go into our introduction and come out talking about Mark Shifley on the other side. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Mark Shifley is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's how we're going to start this episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, his, his words today. I, I actually watched the full comment. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was say, as yeah. bad as the sound bites made it sound, but he's still mm-hmm. not very smart. It, it wasn't as bad as like the quote tweet made it seem, which yeah. was like, uh, okay, I'm going to go pull it up while you guys. I thought I was going to be shut down by Dino, but I was really shut down by NHL player safety. Except yeah. he said it with very poor English. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which makes sense. Really? I actually thought I... Rachel Dory had a really good. Well, we'll talk about it too. I thought Rachel had a really good comment about players speaking their mind in interviews, but yeah. we'll we'll talk more about the Shifley. So, so the Shifley's that. quote was, "I thought I was going to be tried to be shut down by Philip Deneau. <laughs> Instead, it was Department of Player Safety that shut me down. That tweet, by the way, got a thousand retweets. So and five hundred and seventy nine comments. How many quote that, tweets? That's what's really yeah, the most quote important. Quote tweets, 917 out of the thousand. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so was, a lot of people had something to say. And you go through all the quote tweets and it's, you know, just exactly what you would expect. Like, shut the fuck up. Shut yourself down. You try to be a victim. Um, Like, all, all that kind of he stuff. He literally it, decapitated a dude at the end of a game. He was pissed off and he decapitated a dude and he's like, why was I suspended? It, the guy it skated so down bizarre. the ice to... Yeah. yeah. He didn't stick out his stick to even stop the goal. Like, that was the worst part by far. 
It wasn't even he tried to stop it. He was like, no, I'm just going to hit him. <laughs> yeah. I, like, man, I don't know what he was thinking. Maybe four games was a bit harsh for a first-time offender, but the, the lack of accountability at all there was pretty ridiculous. And his second so his quote at the beginning said about how, you know, he was shut down by player safety, but the next part of the comment was also really weird because he said, "We proved you guys wrong all season long." We were written off from day one yeah. of the season, and we proved people wrong all season long. We go through that slide towards the end of the year, and we were written off again. We don't get a lot of respect in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and they, they, like, proved every, they proved everybody wrong because everybody picked them to beat Montreal, and they got swept. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most bizarre part. Like Literally, the quote, the quote, one of the quote tweets is like the list of all the, I think, Sportsnet writers or whoever – that made yeah. the picks, and every single one of them are the Jets, except for one. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's being proved wrong or proved right, sorry, it's Montreal is proving everyone wrong. Like yeah. they're the ones that almost everyone picked them to lose. To everyone did pick them to lose against the Leafs, and yeah, then all basically. but one picked them to lose against the the Jets, and who they swept. That was like, mm-hmm. I I was trying to rank what's the most embarrassing thing about the Canadian division, and I. I think it's Winnip I think it's the Oilers and then the Leafs, not far no, behind. No, 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 no. no, no. It's the Leafs number one. The Leafs are number one and it's not even close. I don't yeah. know, man. Losing to a team that got swept that Yeah, so it's swept. more it's more embarrassing in the sense that like, wow, that's pathetic. But like, you know, because Winnipeg is not a good team. But yes. at the same time, like Montreal you know, this that's, is a that's conversation. What I mean. Like, yes, this yeah. is a conversation we're gonna have in this podcast. I feel because we need to. But Montreal is not a very good team. Like, they're a fine no. team. They're an average team. They've come what, what, like twenty second and twentieth in the last two years in the regular season, and that's over a bigger, you know, time span where you can get a good sample, right? Like, they're not a very good team. The other thing that I wanted to note is that, like, Montreal's team that they've played in the playoffs is totally different than the team that they were able to play in the regular season because Gallagher has been hurt all a lot. Um, Tatar was hurt. Tatar sure. wasn't, perf- you know, they, 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 were, yeah, they were missing their full, basically their full team. Weber was hurt, you know, for yeah. a long period. They that were was never only actually the end of the season though. Right. Yeah. That was but largely what, what the I, end of the season. They were never able to really play their full team and even even now they're still not playing their full team i mean freaking romanov's on the romanov's a, a healthy scratch while they're playing like you know eric gustafson and they were going to play xavier ouellette over hey, him eric gustafson's you know I mean? been very good low-key though yeah as soon yeah. as he came in they haven't lost a game just just point he's that actually out actually been a lot of what they needed they needed a guy who can move the puck they needed a, an offensive defenseman and they needed a guy who can actually do something on the power plate other than shoot it from the blue line and that's exactly what he does. He actually makes plays and he's made the power play a whole lot better. So I wanted to make a comment here. Like the Jets were crap. They deserve to be swept. And they're and they're playing with the season yes. on their line. They put up what, fifteen shots on net, sixteen shots on net, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was embar- that those last two periods were embarrassing. Like yeah. they just sat back, they scored those goals, they tied the game. It's not even like they were leading. They tied the game and then decided to sit back and not do anything. Yeah. For two and, periods long. And then, and then, like, but the Oilers didn't deserve to get swept. I, I, I got to be honest with you. Even though the yeah. Jets no, swept them, no, the Oilers, it's not like the Jets were, were mind-blowing you better than them. It was, it was a pretty even series, I'd say. 
or maybe Oilers were slightly ahead. But like three of the four games went to overtime, and the, even the first game was a one goal game right till the end. Yeah, and and they won because of Hellebuck. Like let's yeah. be one hundred percent real, right? So and and Price outplayed Hellebuck in this series, and I mean their offense was just crap. Shifley getting suspended doesn't help their. their Oh, that, yeah. I mean, when they, Dubois, lo- they did lose their number one center, right? And then like, Dubois they've... is useless out there. Like I, I got it. Like it's yeah, it's actually kind of crazy. It, it somehow Dubois got traded for Line A, and both teams lost because yep. they both got <laughs> another useless player. Both back. teams and both players somehow lost. Yeah, that trade. yeah. Line A's stuck in Columbus. So I'm very certain he doesn't want to be there. And that that actually speaking of Line A. That's going to be a very interesting discussion in the offseason, right? Yeah. Because his qualifying offer is at $7.5 million. So he cannot sign for less than $7.5 million because that's what the last year of his contract was salary-wise for his uh, two-year deal for when he was signed as an uh, yeah, yeah. entry-level deal as an RFA. Trade Marner for Line? No. Oh, God. No, that would be brutal because Line would hate this market. But um, imagine that conversation you have to have with Line. This has never happened before. He is such an intriguing player. Had such a bad couple years after like being this that good, and then having a deal now where he can't be signed by his team for less than seven point five million dollars, and he played like a he played like a million dollar player this year. So, so like this is going to be the most bizarre negotiation of like how do we. Do we structure this contract? Give him like one year or two years, take up the rest of his RFA years at seven point five million, and then take him to UFA because you don't want to sign him to a long term deal at seven point five. Or do you pray that he's going to work out? Like that is not. I'm glad I don't I'm think he's going to work out. Columbus. Yeah, it it is crazy. It's not think a good about... situation to be in. Either way, you cr- lose the player and you're overpaying him, or you keep him and you risk having a very albatross contract on your and i mean winnipeg's right. still stuck with dubois though like he is not dubois will rebound though right you think like so? he, i think so i think he he's had a rough year but the previous two years he was very consistent 50 to 60 point guy solid second line center had to play number one c on the on columbus but he's a good player right and i think that this also exposed like morrissey was brutal Right, like like Morrissey is everyone had him. If you were looking at yeah. people's Team Canada in the off season, right, or this previous off season, yeah, Morrissey's was on everyone's you know top four for Canada. Morrissey still is on somebody's yeah. on people's top four, top six. But he was Team brutal. Canada. It's embarrassing. He he was brutal this year. It wasn't even he wasn't even brutal. He was one of the worst defensemen yeah. in the NHL. Like he literally, if you look, he's in the one percentile for WAR, which means. 99% of players had a better obviously that includes a bunch of guys that didn't play that much etc cetera, etc cetera, but that's it's awful. So Winnipeg's kind of just a complete mess. A whole bunch of situation. overrated dudes I think like I don't we, know I Wheeler's think that, still got a big deal on him yeah, doesn't he? Yeah. And he's he is 35 36 now I think. Um yeah, he's he's old and he's not very good anymore. I think that they have I mean Ehlers is is their best player on their team by far. Oh geez, Blake Wheeler has three years left at eight point two five million dollars at thirty four years old. Yeah, that is not a good deal. That is not a good deal. So they come in next year. Basically, Hellebuck and Ehlers are gonna have to carry them again. 
And uh, Neil Pionk. Don't forget that. Oh, oh yeah, Neil who Pionk. has his, who's an RFA, and he'll need to get paid. Are there also they're also losing um, Sats' favorite Matthew Perro? I think he's a UFA. Um, he is a UFA. That is correct. And uh, the I bet they try to resign him. I don't think he's going to get that much on the open market. He he didn't have a really great year. So. No. Yeah. But anyways, back it, to the Shifley thing. Actually, do do we want to move on for that? You know, we got like, no, off track. I just think that like <laughs> I think that people are going to be surprised by Montreal. I think everyone's writing them off because they're going to be playing Vegas or Colorado. But I I foresee what's going to happen. Vegas is going to beat Colorado. They're up three two in the series now. They might win when they play tomorrow night. So yep. yeah, this might be a little bit outdated. But they're up three two right now. And if I, Vegas, I wanted wins, to talk about Shifley things still. Okay, but I'm just I'm just going to throw this out there. Montreal is going to beat Vegas. <laughs> I okay, know. We'll it. talk about that in a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about that after this. Before okay. we move on to that topic, I wanted to talk about what something Rachel Dory said on yeah. Twitter regarding Shifley. She she quote tweeted it, one of the 917 or whatever it was, and said, "If you want to know why NHL players never say anything of note or interesting, read the quote tweets. Shifley says something and media loses it. If you want players to not be robots, maybe don't take this approach, even if you disagree. Obviously, what he did was wrong, and he should wear that. You can't say you want more interesting quotes from players and then attack them and then complain when they are robots. And I think that's a really good point. I mean." This was something that was talked about, and Shifley is in the wrong, I would say, just from like a moral standpoint, lack of accountability standpoint. But he did start an interesting conversation. And I don't I don't think he deserved to get all the hate that he did when he first did it. I don't think he deserved all the yeah. hate when he came out and he said, you know, people have been bullying and talking about his family. I'm like, I don't understand why people were mad at that. This one I get a little bit more where he is playing a bit more of the victim and he is not accountable or even like self-reflective at all about what he did. I mean, him saying that the Department of Player Safety took him out, like did has Jake Evans play a, a game uh, the rest of the series? Like he took out another player for the whole series. So I don't really know what his argument is. It's a really yeah. bad one, whatever it was. But I do think like the first two reactions were kind of overrated. And then this one, you can have Adam for, for his bad take. But yeah, I think... It, like what's wrong with encourage and I don't think Rachel Dory saying what he said was right. It's just, yeah. Why say anything if you, outside of the norm, outside of the cliche, if you're going to get attacked for it, which seems to be what happens. I, I, I usually I, agree with Rachel Dory, as you guys know, but I slightly disagree with her uh, on this one. Like I agree with the overall point, which is we want players to, you know, speak out more and say things and, you know, not get pucks in deep, blah, 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 all that, you know, the cliche nonsense. But at the same time, like, criticizing what he did say, I think is completely fair game. Or, like, I don't to... think the two are mutually exclusive. Yeah. I think you can want players to speak up more and say things. And you also do want players to speak up and say things because it does do stuff like this and everyone talks about it and it generates buzz and you have something to talk about versus... Yeah. I think it's pretty naive to think that most of those quote teats are being critical of what he said and not just taking the opportunity to rag on him. Yeah, th that's also fair. Like a we lot want... of people did take it too far. Like Shifley has never been a really dirty player, right? Like this is his first suspension. He clearly made a mistake. The, th the, the obvious issue is he doesn't want to own up to that mistake. But 
you know, we all know 90, 95% of people wouldn't own up to their own mistake anyways, right? So We want players to start talking more, but to not say stupid shit, basically. To not yeah, which say is never gonna things. happen. But I mean, yeah. like, like Shifley, like he just seems like a dumb guy. Like I'm not even, I'm not even gonna be, be like, we're never getting Shifley. I'm not on gonna the be. Podcast. Yeah, we're never getting Shifley on the podcast. But he just seems like an idiot. I know that they like to talk about how much hockey he watches, how he's like a, a nerd for the game, but he's he, he knows nothing about hockey, even watching it all the time. <laughs> Yeah, he, when you he's hear the things that he says, very, yeah. yeah, he's made he's made some very interesting uh, comments yeah. in the past about things. It's like, uh, you seem, you, I, you know, I, you, oh, everyone's giving you so much buzz about being a smart guy and seeming like you know what you're talking about. And then I listen sometimes, and I'm just like, ooh, I don't know, man. Like, amazing hockey player, great, great, great hockey player, but uh, the wheels yeah. aren't always up turning. Yeah, <laughs> up there sometimes. Anyway, not that's too. enough about yeah, Mark that's what I I just think it like yeah a lot no, of people it is an interesting Twitter, conversation. I think so too, and a lot of people on Twitter are man. There, I think if you're the lowest of the low, Twitter people are even lower than that. Like that's, it's also Twitter is, isn't representative of like what the general public feels about something, right? Like the people on Twitter are the extremes in either direction. Yeah, I th- yeah, I, I think so. And it's unfortunate that it's has to be this way, but I mean, you look at it, someone like Nylander even saying like where do you get your confidence from and he had those quotables of like he's always been that confident. Like th- that that was a good way of answering a question that wasn't cliché and it did really well. I mean, yeah. in the end it didn't cuz they they ended up losing the series, but I mean, most of the Not time Not because of him though. Yeah, he yeah. was the only player who showed up, man. Um, yeah, so I think when we – I think it's an interesting conversation and one that definitely needs to come out. But yeah, I mean it is true that normally when you see these guys going outside the norm of a cliche hockey answer, this is Everyone what happens. Why, yeah. like, and why would you go through the effort of – like P.K. Subban, his entire career, like – has has become a PR nightmare for a lot of teams yep. because he goes outside the norm. A lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. You know, Trevor do you, Bauer. Do you think the, baseball. yeah, but do you think the reactions for other sports are anywhere similar to the reactions in hockey? Cause I think that, you know, a lot of the time it is like, I look at soccer, like my, you know, the sport I follow most after hockey is soccer by far. And I think yeah. anytime, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo says something. Messi says something. Everyone digs into like every little little suggestion of that comment that tries to find every little angle. And there's the difference thousands is, though, and tens of thousands of comments on it. I would like, say that yeah, so like the social media aspect is the same, but the culture within the actual sports league is different. Like soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, does embrace promoting their players and their players to be themselves. The NHL tries to dial that back as much as possible. But yeah, so they don't have the exactly. on their side. I think foot, like football, soccer has the teams on their side. Yeah, but that, but that's what I'm saying though. So is it really like you know, Rachel's point on it was we're not encouraging players to say what they want to say because we're criticizing them when they say stuff. But every athlete 
and and you know, I can't say every sport because I don't follow it, but I know for sure in soccer, I know for sure in basketball, a lot of the times, someone comes out and says stuff, tens of thousands of retweets and comments and quote tweets on, you know, what they said and analyzing it. So it's not like I, I think it's a little bit to the extreme to basically say we're not encouraging them to speak out because we go and criticize them when they do when everyone does it for every other sport and it's fine. You know what I mean? True. It seems Eric, like a little you bit have of a been, argument. You have been so right these past couple days. I know. Maybe like, the NHL players are just way more emotional <laughs> and not as tough guys as they think they are. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but that's what I'm saying though. Like really, uh, you know, I get it though. Like, you know, if you read, if you go and see a comment that you made and you have 1,000 quote tweets of everyone saying you're a shitty person. I, I get how that can affect you. I understand. <laughs> but at the same time, like, eh. like every athlete deals with it. You get paid. You know, Mark Shifley's getting, making what, $6 million a year to, he's making $6 million a year to get over that, right? Like, that's part of the job. Not that he isn't human and that he doesn't have feelings and all that crap. All right, so now we can move on to that thought that Ty had about Montreal and Vegas. So here's what I know is going to happen, okay? Vegas is going to beat Colorado. They have a history of underperforming their expected goals. They almost lost last year because of it in the playoffs. Almost lost lost to Vancouver because of it. Even though they dominated Vancouver, they just couldn't score. They almost lost to Minnesota because of it this year because they couldn't score even though they were dominating play. And it's going to happen against Montreal because what's going to happen is they're going to have like 65% expected goals percentage, but they're going to shoot like 1.5%. Montreal is going to play the 1-4 trap, score one goal, trap it up the rest of the game, turn off your phone. Eric, you got a home phone? What's going on here? No, it's my work phone. Sorry, I'm about... Oh my God. Eric's got to go back to work soon, so let's wrap it up, boys. Hold on. Why is it still going off? I denied the call. But okay, anyways, it's off now. Okay. I apologize, viewers. Um or listeners. Um, um okay, yeah. So Vegas, they're gonna they're gonna control play. They can't score on Carey Price because they don't have the shooting talent. I mean they, they they only have a handful of guys with the shooting talent. What do you mean shooting talent? All you need is Mark Stone sniping in overtime. No. All you need. <laughs> it's not going to happen, dude. They, they, they can control as much no, play but, as so they want. Here, here's the thing, though. Like, Montreal is not a good matchup. I, I get the whole Vegas can't shoot thing, but Montreal is not a good matchup against Vegas. Like, Vegas is a very superior team up and down the lineup. Every single forward line. I know. I know. I, I get it. I get it. But the at the same time, Vegas doesn't choke the way the Leafs choke. Okay, I also want to bring this up real quick. Watching the playoffs, the NHL North is a Mickey Mouse division, bro. It's absolute trash. I can't believe I was watching these games all year and not watching the other divisions play. Like Colorado (laughs) Vegas and the NHL division has been so boring, such bad, such boring hockey. I couldn't couldn't watch a Winnipeg-Montreal game. Blame Montreal Bro, Winnipeg's, for that. Winnipeg's boring. Montreal's boring. Leafs were is so boring against Montreal too. Because blame Montreal, literally. That's I blame, how Montreal I blame wants to Toronto. Play. I blame Toronto. No, for not I blame being able Toronto to push too through. because if you if you look at the way Toronto decided to play it, they decided to let Montreal just dump the puck in. That was Toronto's strategy. 
right? They didn't let them try to force carry it in. They don't have very skilled players that can do that kind of stuff. They they literally just let them dump the puck in, and that's exactly the way Montreal wanted to play. If Toronto wanted to, they could have been way more aggressive up high and decided prevent them from dumping the puck in and try to get them to carry it in. They could have done that, and they Bro. didn't. NHL, And they North sat Division. back and played exactly the way Montreal wanted them to Watch play. Watch Montreal I'm shut what- down Vegas. I'm with everyone now, man. But Winnipeg did it the same, the the exact same thing Toronto did. Like defensively in the neutral zone, exact same thing. They just did, you had a 1 1 3, and they just sat back and let Montreal dump the puck in so that they couldn't create any entries. And it created more. All I'm saying, man. Vegas is super aggressive before the blue line, causes a lot more turnovers, forces their forwards to actually make plays. And that's something Montreal is genuinely not good at outside of a few key players like Tatar, Suzuki. I'm and, just saying, man, the North Division sucks. I'm with everyone all year that was shitting on it. I was like, no, it's a fine division. Other divisions are just as bad. No, man, this this that division's garbage. I never want to see the, it. But I think the Leafs, the Leafs could have kept up with the other teams. Like the Leafs could have, I guarantee the Leafs could have kept up with Colorado, Vegas, Tampa, Carolina. I will never regular, say the In the Leafs, regular season, yeah. And the I will never season, say yeah. that the Leafs are guaranteed to do anything anymore. Sure. <laughs> but as I was saying last week or the week before, I had more faith. I have more faith in Leafs in a game seven against Vegas or Colorado than I did against Montreal to, to have them show up. Anyway, mm, that's I enough about I'm that. I'm just saying. So, uh, okay. Vegas is going to beat Montreal. Sorry, Montreal is going to beat Vegas. I, I, I oh, have so seen what? the future. So I feel like the next topic we should talk about, because you brought it up already, P.K. Subban is going to be a oh, yeah. analyst, NHL analyst on ESPN for this, uh, for the next I wish I got weeks. ESPN. He is, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just starting it out. I think he, he's going to be retiring soon. He's had some back problems. So um, I, I don't I think he retires this year, soon. but maybe the year yeah. after. And this when is like con- a I think when his contract is up, isn't it? Yeah, next year. In a couple year, of years, yeah. Years so I could, see, I could see him playing out this year in New Jersey, and I think New Jersey's still going to be shit. So see him finishing it out, get his you know $9 million, and then call it a if, career and be an analyst. And if the, if the NHL has anyone that can replicate the Shaq, Barkley kind of you know panels, it'll be a guy like P.K. Subban. Do you remember right? when P.K. Subban back in the day, I don't know if you guys know the clip, but where he was pretending to be Don Cherry? You ever seen yeah, that one? I've seen that. Yep, it's really good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think man, it's a good. I've I've been watching a lot of uh, NBCSN or whatever the name of the channel is because Sportsnet has like the rights but doesn't actually do the coverage in terms of intermissions. I man, the Carolina Tampa series was. The the announcers have high energy. It doesn't sound oh, like man. they're super biased. Like 100%. I listen to sports and stuff and I want to die, especially when it's about Canadian content. Like it's it's brutal. I the love commentary the commentary in the States. I love when NBC like when I watch NBC games like um, I'd love to hear PK Subban do commentary game. I don't think he'd ever I don't think he'd be like a play? good like Ray Ferraro. Yeah, he'd be more or like Ray intermi- Ferraro. Or like an intermission guy like uh, Bieska. Luke's, Luke's well, he'll he'll definitely be more of a BXA type like analyst than he will be play by play. But I think it would still be interesting to listen to Subban do play by play. I think it would be funny. I, I could I could see him doing like a him and isn't Mike Babcock doing analysis? Is yeah. he also with ESPN or is he with NBC? No, it's, NBC. Not, it's not. Yeah, he's not doing anything with ESPN. 
Okay. Well, that would be funny if it was. <laughs> Kevin Bieksa and PK Subban would be a great combination, though. Yeah, because but he's probably he would probably wake, he'd make PK way Subban more money does something a little ESPN. bit more. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. PK I'm Subban sure could PK be like Subban's the, getting the, making bank. He could be the Stephen A. Smith of the NHL. Wayne Gretzky, he's going to uh, not ESPN. He's going to um, TNT, right? TNT, and I'm sure he's going to be making bank there. I'm not sure how entertaining he's going to be, but I they don't clearly think that Wayne Gretzky. Something. Wayne Gretzky doesn't. He he as good of a player as he is. I don't think that he can explain the game or 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 the strategies very well because his career as a coach was a failure, basically. Nah, but no, being a failure at the NHL level doesn't mean you're a bad coach. Means you're not top one of one percent. Yeah, I I think like the best coaches are the players like Mark Stone and Patrice Bergeron. Like I think those guys would be great stars that could turn into great coaches. Just because I think there's a fundamental knowledge of the game if you understand how to play defense as a forward. I think it just is way better fundamentally. I saw Eric nodding, so. I kind of agree. I think uh, there's, you know, there's smarter players in the league that you look at uh, that play like they don't have the best tool set necessarily, but they use it all very well. Bergeron, you know, you look up Bergeron, he doesn't do, he doesn't skate at an extremely elite level. He doesn't shoot at an, an elite level, but he does everything well. Mark Stone doesn't even skate that well. Like <laughs> you watch Mark Stone skate and he looks like he's a fourth line grinder <laughs> the way he skates, but somehow it just all comes together for him and works amazingly. You so, want to know why it works amazingly? Is freaking Chandler Stevenson, man. Like yeah, just Stevenson's been incredible yeah. too. Yeah, I mean But Stone Stevenson was incredible before Okay. Stone yeah, yeah, was yeah. incredible way I before was, Stevenson came around. I was reading um or I was looking at like some tweets the other day about Mark Stone, and it's crazy just how many guys he played with and how good he made them. And then they got paid, and then they sucked. Like on Ottawa, uh, um, Zingle. Um, who else was it? Like Colin White. As soon Zach as Mark Stone Smith, left, man. Yeah, Zach, Zach Smith as as, was a big beneficiary of Mark Stone. Yeah. Got like four point two five million dollars. And I remember at the time, me and Martin were like, "What?" the hell was that contract <laughs> and then i think he still has like a year left on that deal right now at 4.5 or 4.25 million dollars like it was awful but yeah mark stone's gotten a lot of guys paid because he just never got the real credit that he deserved and then luckily he hasn't gotten anyone paid on vegas yet because stevenson's uh on a cheap deal and uh patch patch it's crazy how he's just like he he's not a top line center on if if he played him on, on any other team I don't think Chandler Stevenson would be anything other than like a a fourth line penalty he killer. He failed out of Washington. Yeah. Like <laughs> he failed out of Washington. They got him like for like a 6 round this pick. Is, yeah. It's so bizarre what Vegas has been able to do. It is so bizarre. Like yeah, nobody but, Do you credit the coaching or do you pre- credit the players? I mean at this point you can't even credit the coaching cuz they've switched coaches. Yeah, I know, right? That's my thing, too. I feel so like it's either, just the, the players. And, and those I, previous coaches didn't do that on other teams. So it's like a combination of the players and the management just finding the right guys. Like, I, I have a hard time giving credit to the coaches because they've had two different coaches, right? Yeah. Um, Drug Glantz, though, we've always been wondering, like, what, what the hell's happening with him? New York Rangers seem to like him. Yeah, Rangers, uh, Rangers are going to be really good if they interview. got... 
I, I still can't imagine what these interviews are like. It's like I just don't draw kind of questions. X's and O's. Uh, like, yeah, what is it? Like, do the managers know what a, a coach, like what the best system is for their team? I would love team? to like, know like what, what kind of questions they really ask. I'd love and, to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, it would be so interesting to hear. Have you guys been uh, – let's talk a little bit about the playoff series, That the other playoff series. Did you guys watch uh, call, any of the Colorado-Vegas so far? I yeah, think I've watched, watched most of the, every game. Is, okay. Yeah, I think I've watched so every game, at least the we, first two periods of them. We can say that that series has been even. Like both teams are playing play incredible hockey, but it's just been like one team dummying the other team. Like game one, Colorado absolutely destroyed Vegas, right? Yep. And then Vegas the dummied them game, the next Vegas, three. It was a totally <laughs> different team that showed up, man. Yeah. And it's just it's been an even series, but also not even at all and because la- it's just and then been- last game colorado <laughs> dominated them again they just happened to lose because uh, i thought it was a pretty sorry. back and forth game i thought like, that was like probably one the most period it was game. like like one period like colorado was killing them and then the next period vegas came back and killed colorado yeah. <laughs> like it was it's it's been yeah, a crazy a series good. where just one team is just like beating them up and then the it's next night period, and day yeah <laughs> i, I literally i was t- i watch it sometimes and i my my parents know which game like my dad will watch too and i'll i'll tell my dad straight up i'm like i've no interest in watching winnipeg montreal zero interest it's the most boring hockey I've literally everyone's making fun of it like no everyone's and, like this is just the pre uh pre-game before the, the real action yeah starts. before the real action <laughs> so i'll watch like the vegas one and my my mom was watching it uh, last night too the mark andre first goal she was she was laughing so hard at like oh yeah that that goal <laughs> that sawed but, slapper from 50 yeah, feet that out. was awful but <laughs> a wrist shot from know, 50 for, feet out <laughs> i i think so much more enjoyable to watch when you're not like emotionally invested in it when i watch these games like it's so emotionally but when i watch these games i'm like this is just amazing hockey how it's supposed to be played but whether, whether it's one team like colorado dominating or vegas See, dominating. that's the thing that that's what we need colorado or vegas to get to the cup final with Tampa because if Montreal and the Islanders make it to the finals, hockey gets all the wrong messages. Every single GM goes and tries to copy what they're doing and hockey just gets shit right before we go on to ESPN. Like you want the league copying Vegas and Colorado. You do not want the league copying it's, Winnipeg. And it's looking Montreal. like uh, Islanders are going to the next round. It's four, one second intermission right now. Shut up. Four, one now. Fuck. Ugh. And see, Boston's another one. Like Boston's someone you want the NHL to play more like. Like, yeah, they're not like super, super fancy, but they've got some amazing players doing some really, you know, entertaining. At the stuff. same time, amazing I, I, plays. I don't hate the fact that Montreal or New York Islanders are going, just because it does show that if you have a good coach and you have a good system, it can take and over skill. Two disastrous teams in a row. You can get a new one. Yeah, it can get over skill like that. Obviously, I do want Colorado versus Tampa. I do want. Actually, I don't really. Care. I I've been watching the Vegas, Vegas Colorado. Colorado. I I wanted Colorado to win because I do like Colorado. However, watching the Vegas Colorado series, I'm like, I really don't care. This is just good hockey, and both teams are could equally deserve going forward. Um, but whatever it is, I want Tampa and whatever it is, I want Colorado. Or Vegas this this might be a hot I do take, not want Montreal. But I, kind or of, I kind of want a Canadian team to win the cup. Finally, after all this time, shut up. Get out so of there's here. like a small part of me that's like, would like Montreal to win. 
Just I to have like no bring problem. The... Kenda hasn't won a cup in what twenty something years. No, 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 no. Shut up. Since 1993. I have no problem with the CN Tower years. lighting up with the Canadians' colors. I have a problem with people cheering for the Canadians because they're a Canadian team. I think those are two See, very different I, things. I, I get why I get why people start to like. There's a certain segment of the population that's immediately like, if it's the last Canadian team, they're like, okay, I want to kind of get behind them. I get that from like a nationalistic standpoint, or like a you know, 27 years, whatever Ty has said, right? Without a cup, 28 years now. Like, come on, man. We, we've I would do that if it's non-divisional. But this year, every Canadian team is in the division, so I won't do so it. So one team was guaranteed to get this far. Yeah. Basically. If it if it yeah. was Vancouver, Colorado, or sorry, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, or Winnipeg in a year that wasn't this year, I would might cheer for them, like might. But this mm-hmm. is a year where we're all in the same division. I don't care. I'm not. One, cheering yeah, for like I up. said, one team was guaranteed to get to the final four. Yeah. Here, here's the thing: if Montreal went to the final, right? And they won the cup. It, I quit. <laughs> at Ty least would, a Canadian team. I, it would be the worst case scenario for like a bunch of different things. First off, it would be the worst case scenario for like hockey in Least general because nobody wants to watch Montreal shoot point. It would be the worst like, case scenario for Leafs fans. Point for, you know seven games or however long it would go to. But having a cup come back to Canada, like, come on, man. The cup's already in Canada. I know where it is. Yeah. Okay, it's – who cares? It, it's, the cup is coming to Canada Montre- no matter what. I don't want Montreal winning the Stanley Cup, okay? Get get that past your dumbass pee do brain you, Do there. you think people – do you think there would still be this notion of, uh, you know, everyone cheer Stop fiddling for with the, your mic. Do you think there would still be this notion that everyone would cheer for the Leafs if uh, they were on, the no, only team left they in would Canada? Not. No, they would not. There's a hatred for the Leafs across the country. We're Toronto, there's a, ha- it's there's a, a hatred it's the Toronto for the Sports Habs. Network. So, um, um, I wanted to but, just say I was storm yep. surging last night in my living room when Carolina lost. Oh, my so. God. You're unbearable. That, yeah, You're literally just unbearable. You. Though I, I – Dude, this is why, why Leafs fans are the worst. This is why I voted yeah. you as part of the worst people last, last Who week. Who said I was a Leafs fan? I just am an anti-Carolina fan. No, you you're, said you're a Leafs fan. You're fans. both yeah, a Leafs yeah, fan and have, an anti-Carolina what fan. What does that have to do with Which makes it so fan. much worse. You're just you're no, just no, no, awful. You're just part you're just of the Leafs fans. You're part of the reason why I hate Leafs fans. You know, what, ta- you no know other, what, Ty? There's this no follow-up. There's no context to it. This is small D energy. This is this That's what I'm getting from you right now. Small D energy. has a small D so... No. It's yeah. It's it just matches my small D. <laughs> Man, I was sad when Carolina couldn't push it to more games. At least that was a good. Yeah, series. I wanted it to go to seven. Like uh, selfishly, just out of like I want hockey to watch. I wanted it to go to seven. Plus, Carolina's I, stadium was lit. Their yeah. arena was fun. They're full. They were full, right? They were full capacity. Yeah, but isn't Florida still as well? Like Florida doesn't give a shit about COVID either. So. They're also full. Vegas is full. Yeah, Vegas is Vegas is not. You can't. I don't know if you can claim to be full while having like a huge Gatorade golden seat covering behind you. They're full because they have to keep everyone away from the players. And I don't think there's glass behind the bench. Right? Yeah, that's or, right. Did they, they put glass they, well, back behind the I bench? I think that part of the agreements were that they had to have like you know the the the, the advertisements in certain spots maybe in the arena. But yeah, that that's a good point. 
it's it's full for whatever seats that they're selling. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was I was it was unfortunate that Carolina couldn't push it further. I definitely thought it didn't it deserved to go longer than five games. They got Vachelowski, by goaltending. Vachelowski, like yeah, definitely won them some games. Their goaltending I wouldn't say was atrocious, but it didn't save them. Va- Vasilevsky is probably one of the favorites for the Smith right now, right? Like you'd have to put him there at this point. I think it's all like, it's all goalies at this point. Like probably for Vegas, it's Flurry. On honestly, every year the goalie sh- yeah. should most likely win the the Smythe. For Montreal, it's definitely uh, uh, Tam- Carey Price. Yeah. Tampa yeah, exactly. last year, I think, didn't deserve it. Like uh, Vasilevsky last year didn't deserve it because Tampa was just dominant overall. But this yeah. year, Tampa hasn't been as dominant, and they're relying a little bit more on goaltending. So I think. Uh, Vasilevsky deserves it. If you're looking at Montreal, Carey Price, if you're looking at the Islanders. It's probably – it's not a goalie there. I don't think Barlamo's been on his head. It's think probably Paul go, Mary. Yeah, like Paul Mary or something. Yeah, Paul Mary's been great. That was a great addition. We called that at the time, though. Said that was like one of yeah. the best additions of the offseason. Uh, or not offseason. Trade, of trade deadline. Um, for Bruins, might even – yeah, probably Marchand. Yeah. Yeah, probably Marchand. Or Pasta. Marshall Nikita Kucherov is leading the the in points. Yeah, but I think that Vasilevsky's just been on his head. Like I think in all the elimination games so far, he's put up a shutout. Or his past like four elimination games, he's put up a shutout. Where yeah, Tampa could Braden beat the Point other is team. so good too. Oh my god. Yeah, the stats behind Braden Point and like I, I've screenshotted a couple of them because I was gonna might have po- I was thinking about posting it anyways. And they're like comparing his regular season production to his playoff production and it's literally like just always crazy just looking at he's better in the playoffs than he is in the regular the, season. the opposite of a mitch marner <laughs> yeah okay so so uh over the past two postseasons 31 games 21 goals 21 assists that's insane so 42 points in 31 games with 21 of those being goals that's your which short is basically King. uh which is basically like a 50 goal pace in the playoffs you must be proud. Yeah, you got to It would be cheer for our short kings, man. It would probably be Grubauer on uh, uh to... Grubauer hasn't really been that uh, great. It's their their D has been like Devin Taves, Devon Taves, Macar, Gerard. I think you have to give it to Macar right now. McKinnon was uh, until this round. McKinnon yeah. was one hundred percent their guy. Like what? what he scored eight goals in five games. Yeah, he had thirteen he points in five games, something like that. Yeah. And then he has been scoreless the last four. When, when, uh, when McKinnon, when his team's up like by three goals, McKinnon will go off. But when, when it's a tie game, McKinnon can't do anything. Uh, I don't know. Hey, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think check the, check the numbers. I He's think been something. I think something's. I think McKinnon's coming. Gonna come strong in the next two games. That's my prediction. Yeah, prediction. Yeah, Nate, let's listen. Nate, I might listen. look really dumb on Friday, but <laughs> but up until that point, I predict McKinnon goes off next game. Did I, I, is, I one last thing maybe, and then we can wrap it up because it's nine thirty and Luke goes to bed soon. Um, I think that um, I, I was reading some things where that said that uh, Bednar's on the hot seat if Vegas can't. Uh, or sorry. Yeah, Vegas wins. Bednar's going to be on the hot seat. Mm, Might be no. some changes coming in Colorado. No, I don't think so. Because they There's can't no go changes. through. They're they're going to keep going through the process. I think uh, though, like like I said, the difference between Colorado and Tampa is that Colorado only can play one game style. Tampa can play two. 
right? Tampa can play like the Islanders play, or they can play like the Leafs play, or they can play like Colorado plays. Colorado's a better example, right? They can go full out rush, just you know, constantly counterattacking, or they can do the Islanders dump and chase, grind it out, move shots to the point, keep getting those pucks back, re- getting rebounds, move cycling the puck over and over again. They can do both. Colorado at the moment can't do that. Like they can create cycle chances, but they they don't do that through elite forechecking and uh, like the way that Tampa and the Islanders do it. So that's their weakness at the moment. So Vegas made them play that way the previous two games or three games before this last one, and that was where they struggled. When they don't, when they're able to do that, they you know had a game like last game where they actually dominated play for the most part. So that's what. Sackett has to kind of uh, address in the offseason, I think. And he kind of started to address that with Saad, but needs a little bit more, I think. Like, they're missing, like, one more piece to me mm-hmm. at the moment. Because they have another, a better just, defense than – they have a better defense than Tampa, right? Yeah, like Devin Taves, Taves, McCarr. McCarr's better than Hedman at this point, or at least he's been better this season. Uh, Sam Gerrard's amazing. Eric Johnson, yeah. nah. But Nemeth hasn't been very great, so that's been one of their weak points for them. He's he's made a but couple it doesn't matter. Mistakes. Like their top their top guys have been amazing for them. Exactly. Like all so year. their their weakness has really been up front. It's been you know do- dominating play, and their top line just didn't produce. Which you know if you you're not going to go anywhere, and if your top line doesn't produce, like the Leafs saw, like Colorado is now seeing without McKinnon, Landis Cog, Grantin going off. So, but I, yeah, that's, I think if you're looking at them, go. it's just it's just another wasted year of McKinnon playing like an MVP season at six million dollars because it's now been three years yeah, of that basically. For sure, and but he, he did still say has... that he would take a discount. I don't know what that. I don't know what players taking a discount means anymore though. Because McKinnon yeah. should be one of the top. Like he should be making like fourteen million dollars here. So maybe a discount for him is like doubled, like ten million dollars. He 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 makes he ends up getting a salary of twelve million dollars, and that's honestly a discount for his value. Yeah, exactly. Here's a question. So. If the if Vegas or sorry, if Colorado wins next game, does Kadri slot in game seven? Absolutely. They should have probably 100%. even tanked a couple of games against St. Louis so we could come into the series sooner. <laughs> yeah. Right? They probably like would just, have just uh, tank one game or two been, games. Been better. He'd be in right now. No. He because they're definitely missing him. Because again, like I said, he's one of those guys that four check heavy that can play the way the Islanders like to play or Tampa likes to play very ferocious and winning puck battles and stuff. So I think, you know, him not being there on that second line has definitely hurt them a lot. Yeah. He's good. He's, he's a really good guy to match up against the Mark Stone line. Like I'd want him against the Mark Stone line. Yeah. He's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Stone's going to shut down guys like McKinnon. Right. But Kadri, Works on shutting them down. Get McKinnon out against the William Carlson line. He can do damage there. Do you think Kadri will have a reunion with the Leafs? No. No, I don't think he's ever coming back. Unfortunately for me, my brown brother isn't coming back to uh, Toronto. <laughs> Tyler Bozak might. I want I Kadri to come back. I desperately mm-hmm. want him to come back. His, uh, I know, I know that he's like a fan favorite, but his his production this year was. Not very he wasn't good. That great, He's not driving no. play this year at all. It's like dropped no, he, off a cliff. He was, yeah. He he wasn't that great this year. He was still good though. I think he was fine. You know, Colorado, Colorado, their weakness is their center depth, right? Like they don't and, have. But, 
two elite centers like a lot of other teams do. Not that Vegas even really has one elite center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I mean, Kadri did exactly what he did with the Leafs. So got himself suspended, kind of skewered them. Right. Actually, thinking about it right now, the only team, if that's left in the playoffs, that has two like truly elite centers is Tampa. Yeah. Nobody else. Montreal doesn't even have one elite center. Islanders don't have uh, Barzell. I guess I can give them Barzell. Um, they have one. Uh, Colorado has one. Vegas doesn't have one. I mean, Boston kind of has two. Bergeron and Krejci. Uh, yeah, Krejci was good this year, but I don't think he's elite anymore. Anyways, yeah. I mean, was, I mean, they're out. Any, they're they're losing right now. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, they're about to go out of the move, playoffs, so. which is unfortunate. Anyways, though. I need a sneeze. God bless you. <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Alrighty. Well, that's enough for this week. I think we've rambled on yep. long enough. And uh, okay. um, apparently Martin's just not going to update us on what's happening. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he had an app. Oh yeah. It seems like napper he's update. Before, Which one he? do you think? Oh, he, he is a napper. He's definitely napping. Yeah. Remember when I was like, are we doing the podcast? And Eric was working till like 1030. Martin woke up at friggin' midnight. He's like, sorry, I was taking a nap when he didn't reply for like three hours and woke up at midnight. Apparently I have to go back to work because I need to call this lady that was calling me at 9 o'clock p.m. for some reason. Fuck. Yeah, well, you were working until 1 a.m. last week, so I mean. Yeah, that was fine. Let's... (laughs) So it's an early night for you. Come on. We hired some... uh, This is part of the podcast, but whatever. Uh, We hired someone, so I'm excited. It's going to happen. Congratulations. Less work for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's not a okay. sales guy though, so it's not technically that much less work for me. My money is on him. He's on a date. No, I don't, I don't think, think he's, he's on a date. I think he would have told us if he was going on a date because Martin does that. <laughs> That's true. Normally he flexes it you, way too if you, much. Yeah, if you can rely on something, it's Martin flexing about going on a date. But it's a new girl every single time. Unless he's embarrassed by her, in which case then he won't tell us until I have to get it out of him at our like our weekly uh, FaceTime sessions. Mm. No. That's true. That's cute that you have weekly FaceTime sessions. Well, though. they're usually after the podcast, so I guess we're not doing it oh, this okay. week. <laughs> literally, yeah. every time after you and Ty leave, we stay on I here. I literally like, never video call people. Man. <laughs> literally, me and Martin, we stay I on here for like an hour to two hours after you guys leave. <laughs> yeah, I always used to notice that when we used to do the Facebook calls. I always <laughs> yeah. used to notice that. Throwbacks yeah, yeah, same, same thing. Yeah. We, okay. We, Thanks, <laughs> everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with more playoffs and whatever happens in the next week. Peace out. Say bye, Ty. Peace out. Okay, that was lame. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.